0: Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Joining us today, like I said earlier, Madigan Shive. Is it Shive? Yes. Yes, okay. Uh, From Bonfire Madigan is here. Uh, Thank you for coming on my show.
1: Hi. Thank you so much. What a treat to be on Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile. This is really awesome.
0: Tell us about that title.
1: (laughs) Maybe you should tell us. You chose it. Well, I think most of your listeners probably know it's the, it's, uh, well, the name of my first album, which came out on Kill Rockstar, is my first album is Bonfire Madigan, was from the burn pile. And one of the tracks is called Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile. And um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I wrote that tune when I was living in Portland, Oregon. You probably didn't know that. I didn't know. But yet to this day it kind of remains um, a bit of a, uh, a twist on a love song by looking at uh, sort of the parts of ourself we would want to emulate out into the world. And uh, in a bit of a way, some, some of the song to me always had sort of committing serial suicide on the parts of ourselves we don't want to live with and then choosing the parts that really we want to magnify and then how we share that with other people. So being that this is a radio station, I thought, wow, that's really cool that somebody took that title and made it their program because it's really about beaming those parts out to the community, and I think that's uh, probably what you're doing here at KUCI, huh? Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. I I didn't really have that in mind when I chose the title, though. I just thought it sounded really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's perfect with me.
1: As a songwriter, it doesn't get much better than that.
0: So for those listeners who aren't familiar with uh, your work, tell us a little bit about your history, musical history.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Well, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, and um, in high school I I started doing punk bands, and um, I'm a cellist. And um, I was actually, I got Eliana here with me, who's going to be performing with Bonfire Madigan, making her L.A. debut tomorrow. Um, folks probably know, and I, I hope you do, we're performing. Bonfire Madigan is headlining tomorrow at Bordello, downtown LA, um, tomorrow at nine. I hope folks come out. And uh, we were just talking about this, kind of growing up in music communities, and, um, it was a very fertile time in the early nineties when I was a teenager starting to write music. And I'd, you know, I'd never heard of a punk cellist or a sort of renegade cellist or anything like this, but, uh. That's what I was starting to do as a songwriter and a vocalist, was taking this instrument that I'd been playing since I was nine years old and, and making it a part of um, our world, of the underground, of of the subversion in music. And so I started writing songs um, around cello and voice. And um, Tattletail was the name of my first band that really started to make some attention and some waves in the, in the underground music scene. And uh, we put out our first cassette on Kill Rock Stars when it was still a new label. And um, started to tour and played with some great bands like Bikini Kill and um, Heavens to Betsy back in the day. And that was kind of the the landscape, Mecca Normals, Benanes, Mary Lou Lord, Elliot Smith. This was the scene that was just gigging all the time and playing all ages shows. And so that's what we tapped into. And you guys were based in Seattle, was it? Yeah, we we were going to high school. We were in high school in Seattle. And also Isaac Brock was at our high school as well. So it was a really who folks might know from Modest Mouse, so I sort of had this funny uh, community of folks who would, we'd all kind of grow up together in this strange way to be these, you know, maverick musicians, and that's that's really how I cut my teeth, and then um, the joke when I was a kid was that, you know, Seattle wants to be San Francisco when it grows up, so I ended up moving down to, to San Francisco, but, you know, I made a pit stop in L.A., and I met Sherry Ozeki, the amazing upright bassist, and she really planted the seeds after Tattletale, that would become Bonfire Madigan, and at first we were known as the Bonfire Madigan string duets, and we would do these wild things with upright bass and cello, and then we started to incorporate more drums, we had Tomás Palermo come in, and um, then a whole slew of really great guests, and that's uh, how we started to make the first albums, a Rock Stop, and then From the Burn Pile, and then we made Saddle the Bridge. We made some of those records from a label that Sherry started doing with me called Moon Puss Music, which I still do. It's sort of my safety net label, but uh, Kill Rock Stars volleyed us out from there. And uh, I'm continuing to do work as Bonfire Madigan, and the track that you just heard is um, one of the early singles off of our next record, which we're working to finish right now, so I just... Dropped a little tasty treat for KUCI is, listeners. Is that version
0: going to be on the new album, that, that version?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really close. They're still We haven't mastered it yet, and there's still some mixing issues, but that's a pretty close version. There's one little thing I want to mess with it, but uh, that track that you just heard is called Lady Saves the Dragon from the Evil Prince.
0: Yeah, because I remember there was, a, I guess, a demo version of it on your MySpace site um, earlier, and it sounded a lot different. I noticed um, you have, you're experimenting more with, uh, I guess you had drum machines and other type of, could you comment on that?
1: Yeah, we've just been incorporating, well for a while now I've been interested in the intersection of kind of electronic world and making um, percussion out of sounds like from the cello. Sherry started doing that with me. unsaddle the bridge quite a bit, actually. We would build loops and stuff out of, like, hitting the bow on the bridge of the cello or, you know, playing with the sound of hitting the body of the instrument. And so, um, and, and Tomas, who played with me for a long time, is a pretty well-known DJ and electronic artist, and he was my drummer, and so he would bring in kind of just more soundscape ideas and found sounds. We'd manipulate them. And then um, in 2004, when I went on tour with Leibach, that was really when I started to incorporate more Uh, found sounds, electronic sounds. And um, since I did that giant tour, mostly with uh, cello, voice, some uh, electronics, and then lots of live looping and stuff, I got into uh, making. I love that hybrid of where something really raw and organic like the cello and then the way I use it so viscerally and so hands-on and dynamically meets this sort of, um, you know, this world that impenetrable sort of you know, unforgiving, programmed world or something, and then what magic can come out of those far extremes. That's, I'm definitely interested in that. And there is some of that on this record. That last track showcases more of that. But it also blends um, live drums in with the electronics. So, and that's kind of what people can expect tomorrow a bit, is take live looping elements and then ma- manipulating them once they're set, they're live.
0: When can we expect the album to be out? I, it's still a bit of a
1: mystery. <laughs> I can't say yet. I really want it to come out this fall, is what we're sh- shooting for. So, all right, and it's gonna be on Moonpus. I don't know yet. That's part of why we're we're right now kind of negotiating that. I'm trying. I'm taking my time because I want it to come out right. And um, there's some interest from some different indie labels. I mean, Moon owns it right now, which is really good for me. So I'm really, um, right now I'm negotiating licensing it out. And uh, I spent a bunch of the fall touring in Europe, so um, there's quite a bit of interest there. And what may end up happening is I'll license it out first. It'll come out in Europe, and then uh, kind of folks in this continent will have to make a bunch of noise <laughs> and want it here. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we'll get the love. And get the support. And regardless, it's going to come out. And I'll keep leaking stuff on the MySpace and through BonfireMadigan.com. Um, and it's an interesting time to be an independent musician putting out stuff because we're much more able to cut out those middle people who, you know, want to take a bunch of our our work and make profits on them but don't want to seem to do the work that they want out of it. So I'm, I'm trying to create more community where people get back what they put into it, like a worker-owned more model of sharing work and music and ideas, more collaborative, worker-owned stuff.
2: And with uh, the the plethora of music labels, you get to own your masters and then shop them out. And a lot of people might not know is when you record, sign a contract to Sony or what have you, they own the masters, and that's a, a way different model than what has been the norm for the last 50 years as well.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So. Yeah. And I think I'm in a good position because I come from this DIY, um, you know, independent punk music community that has been much more aware of that, of of the rights of the people who create the work, having, you know, getting to be a part of the decision making of what happens to their work. So that's just always been, you know, a given for me. And I'm, you know, I'm not much of a capitalist, so I don't, I, I've never uh, just handed my work over hoping it'll make me huge or something. That's not what, what Bonfire Madigan's about. Or I think, you know, um, the music communities that really feed me are about. Well, it looks like we just got a call,
0: cool. so I want to thank whoever called for, um, hopefully it's a pledge. So we're in the middle of a fun drive right now, KUCI, and um, so thank you. If you want to call in and make a pledge, 949 9, 824 it's 949-UCI-KUCI. 9 9, I think I interrupted you, Craig. Oh, I was
2: just about to say with another question, actually, since you do spend a great deal of time of of time in Europe, do you find European audiences are more open to weird and different things than Americans, and it takes Americans a little longer to catch on to that?
1: Well, I would say off of the I, I think that people in europe there 's just being a part of arts community um, is from what i 've experienced is more a part of people 's culture you know it 's less like oh, you have to be an art school student or something to be a part of um, you know, of diverse culture and stuff, I think people are maybe just more socialized to seeing images and sound um, and community and creating it as a part of more of of what people do, you know. Um, People aren't as, you know, historically just uh, constructed to be rampant consumers, you know. (laughs) Well,
2: (laughs) there seems to be a great deal of, like, passivity in the United States, and you if things are dictated down to you, and you're not supposed to be a part of things.
1: Right, right. And I think I've always been, um, in some ways, uh, a bit reactionary to that because context has always been very important to me, especially being this new music cellist, you know, being known as a renegade cellist. I've, I'm known for taking something out of one box, you know, and, and uh, trying to actually break down just what, what that box is and what that means, why, how are the boundaries relevant and I think a lot of my work actually encaps- encapsulates that. So, yeah, to answer your question, I really enjoy playing in Europe because I, I don't feel like people have the same expectation um, of what a song is, what a, um, you know, I don't know. they they're just The expectation is sort of blown out of the water. So I, I feel like I spent a lot of years sort of having to just go to events and expect to just have to kick down people's expectations. But it's it's a relief a lot when I play in Europe because um, I think people are just hungry for whatever happens and then you're much more free to just create without um, the same sort of conflict. But, you know, at the same time, really interesting, beautiful, fierce, bizarre stuff comes out of that conflict, so I think we're, we're also at a good time for that. We're in all this tension, some amazing abandon and release and new, new constructs are, are starting to happen.
0: And you just uh, came back a few months ago from a tour in Europe.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Um, where
0: exactly did you
1: go? Well, I was all over Europe, really. Um, I, you know, because of the Libok connection and everything that happened, I uh, was spent a bunch of time in Slovenia, which is a part of the Yugos- former Yugoslavia. It's right there on the border of uh, Italy, just below Hungary and Austria, and next door to Croatia. So I was there for a while, and there was a giant international festival that I was one of the featured artists at, and I had a bit of a residency there where I was collaborating with other people's projects as well. I got um, to play as a part of this sort of multimedia dance, huge dance performance that went on for a few days. And um, we ended up actually playing the music of Moondog. And Moondog is like one of my favorite 20th century renegade composers. He's a U.S. composer, but he was known in the 50s. He would, he would play on the streets of New York City dressed as a Viking. And um, he, he's just totally out there in the best way. And then Columbia ended up putting out his his uh, tunes on their classical impen label. And I had just been a fan of him. In, in fact, I didn't know it, but in some ways, Moonpuss, I felt like, was the alter ego of Moondog. <laughs> and I would go on to call my publishing later, Moonpuss loves Moondog music. So it was such a kick to be in Slovenia and playing with, you know, and I was playing with people from the Slovenian Philharmonic, people from the... These Croatian ensembles, this guy from Berlin—you know—it was just so international, and and just it—it really was an amazing testimony how music is just crosses all languages, all ideas of self, and really speaks, you know, to all of us beyond text. And I really, um, I'm interested in that idea too. I think in some ways the written word has like rewired our brain, and it's become much more like left hemisphere dependent you know so then we get all analytical and sort of stuffy and where like i think what i'm really interested in is kind of liberating our right brain and our sense of um image and um emotion and stuff and then where those can intersect and um yeah so from that was really my starting point in slovenia and then we i ended up spending a bunch of time in france and italy germany and then all over the uk i spent a lot of time in the uk actually um because I hadn't spent much time in Scotland and other kind of uh, smaller areas around England and Wales and stuff, and I, we were just in the UK for almost a month, so that was—it's kind of like doing a tour of California <laughs> for a month, and you end up you realize, wow, it's a big place. I—I you know? <laughs> I was
0: informed that you had broken your cello. Was that? Oh yeah, that, that was horrible.
1: That <laughs> was amazing, though. It was kind of a—it's like out of one of the most out of total. Um, just travesty or tragedy. It, it, what happened, we were in Bristol, UK, actually, and we had just been in France. It was one of our first tours traveling, and my cello had gotten a bit damaged in the travels, and I had had it repaired in Slovenia. But um, this was the first time in all of my traveling all these years, and I have to say, these airlines, just what's been happening, it, that doesn't help. But I was, like, I was happy to see that more traveling artists and even big you know, woo-woo kind of like Philharmonics had been writing these letters to the airlines, just how awful it was what they were making musicians do with their instruments as far as the way they had to package them, the way instruments were being treated. I think i I got some of the runoff of that because when we got to bristol we we 're at soundcheck, and it was actually this great club that was um, in this refurbished ship, so we were playing like in the galley of this old ship on the on the river. And uh, it was soundcheck, and it was just getting kind of mobbed. And um, I was on tour with these artists from the Constellation Records from the Montreal Collective. And um, it was just wild, you know, soundcheck, all this stuff happening. And I, I'm looking at my cello, and it just feels so weird. Like, and the action was really high, you know. The strings are far off the fretboard and up off the bridge. And I think, what what could have happened to my cello that it would be, the action would be this high, and I just couldn't figure it out. And it was all t- it was all out of tune, really, like, really, really sharp and really weird. So I'm holding it, you know, and I go to turn the tuning peg up at the top of the scroll, and as I turn the peg, the whole neck of, of the instrument pulls out of the body in my arms. So then I'm sitting there with two pieces of my instrument in my arms. And when when that sound started to happen, though, it was like, the place went dead silent You, from the bar back in the farthest to the sound people to the whole place went dead silent and it was literally like a tree falling in in the woods or something and I have to say the spooky part about this is that earlier in the day when we were on the ferry from France I was having extreme neck pain and I was like really quiet, I was really morose, I, my personality had sort of changed for the day and then you could see the people in my crew who were traveling with us when they saw the neck pull out of the body, They not only was it just an ungodly, unearthly sight. But they knew that I had been saying that my neck was hurting, and everybody was just like, "Do do 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 do." It was so <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it was really something.
0: <laughs> and it's repaired now.
1: Right? Well, yeah, it's it's repaired now. Yeah, yeah, good to hear. Yes, thank you, thank you. We're we're in tip-top shape. We're ready. We're ready for Bordello tomorrow.
2: Just, <laughs> we're just saying goodbye to Rita. She's
0: off.
1: Oh, doing the fun drive. Thank you, Rita. She uh, she came for you, actually. Oh, why is she leaving then? Um, she was here for <laughs> quite a while. Yeah. So.
0: Well, how about we hear another one of your songs, or if you want to share another tune? Of oh, Tomorrow. yeah, I would. It's up to you. I
1: would like to. I'm going to play um, another uh, advanced listening copy of a tune from the new record. And this is actually a, a duet, um, a piece that I wrote walking around London, actually, and then it morphed into this. It features David Colter on, on fiddle and jaw harp. He was um, also in The Pogues. And um, it's a, I'm, I'm singing this with my friend Julie Holland, and this is a piece called Many Into One.
0: Are you going to do the station ID for us, Madigan,
1: <laughs> right now? Sure. This is Bonfire Madigan, and you're listening to Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile on KUCI. 88.9
0: FM in Irvine. That was, really, that was
1: really good. Thanks. I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> Off the cuff. <laughs> and, and that other uh, laughter you hear in the background is Ileana. Hello. And uh, you're
3: the violin player now? Yes, I'm violin. playing violin with Bonfire Madigan, yes. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a lot of fun.
1: And this is actually Eliana's first time in Los Angeles.
3: Yeah, my first time in L.A. and my first gig in L.A. Tomorrow night at the Bordello, so I'm really looking forward to it. So you're from New York, Um, right? I I live in San Francisco, but I'm oh, from okay. Massachusetts. But um, San Francisco is where I call home now, so. Sorry, I just kind of figured, because Madigan
1: is now in New York, right? Most of the time. Okay. I have this 21st century bicoastal disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it was most of the um, songs recorded over there? Some of them, but, you know, we ended up, a lot of the tracking we ended up doing in San Francisco. Um, and we actually tracked some of it in L.A., so it's a sort of a Tri-City tri, uh, event. Um, can you tell us about the songs we heard? Yeah, well, we heard first Many Into One, um, which is, we're leaking a new track off of the new Bonfire Madigan album. That one features Julie Holland and David Coulter. And then uh, second, I played a track when we were talking about Eastern Europe, and I, one of my favorite artists um, from the Czech Republic named Eva Batova, and we heard a track from her called Didactic, which translates to something like Grandfather. And then the last track that you heard is actually a duet um, with an artist, Tara Jane O'Neill, and it's a tune of hers, and I was accompanying her on cello. So.
2: Tara Jane O'Neill used to play with Jackie O, Mother Mm-mm. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's but, funny you say that, yeah. Tom's been in touch with me a bit about maybe collaborating at some point on one of those Jackie O, <laughs> 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 that'd be,
2: that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, because yeah, we're going up, um, Eliana and I and Madigan are going to be playing in Portland next weekend, um, that's where that band is usually based, so it's, yeah, that's cool you bring that up, I hope to see them.
2: Did you get? I didn't. I haven't read the liner notes to Tara Jane O'Neill's latest album. I think it's In Circles. Did you play on that at all? Or
1: no, I'm not on that record. But I really dig it. You know? Yeah. I think it's a neat evolution of her work. And uh, that track that we did was uh, a track called Bye Bye Babe, um, that I I think ended up on uh, like her last record before this newest one. Um, But this was something. It wasn't released. This one. Um, but I've always really liked her work. I mean, I, I first met her when she was in Rodan, you know, which I thought was a great project out of Kentucky back in those days when a band like Slint was a new band. <laughs> oh, we've got to remember, too, to get people to um, pledge. Yeah, Yes.
0: 949-824-584.
1: Community radio, people-powered. Yeah, well, how, how do you feel in?
0: how do you feel about community independent radio? Oh, it's so Iniziana? vital.
1: So vital, especially to an artist like me. And an artist like Eliana, Eliana is also a composer. We were just talking with um one of the DJs here. Um and Eliana wrote a track that was performed by the, the Left Coast Ensemble. And um you know this this work that I do is born from and this music it just You know, it's not commercial music. It's not made for, um, you know, I mean, we always hope that a lot of people will like it and, and, you know, you always, I think, I I like to prepare for success, whatever that means, but I don't want my success uh, dictated by, you know, hierarchical, dogmatic <laughs> people with no creativity or innovation or something and so with that said it's like uh you know independent bookstores and an independent radio and this is how we you know we nurture our community and the people i mean my career has been so nurtured by um community radio stations and because um, those are the people who were excited to hear it and could get it right out to other people and could support the gigs and And that's how we keep this going. It's true. You know, you hear the fun pledges, but an artist like me, it really does directly support my work, you know. And the more people who come to the gig and and get my music directly from me at the gig or through my website, you know, that's how I make a living. That's how I, I, you know, keep food in my stomach and keep on the road and keep keep myself housed. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how um, you mentioned um, being on
0: community radio stations, because I see a lot of compilations that come out and benefit CDs that come out of uh, radio stations all over the country, and I, I notice that you're on quite a few, and I just find them, and I get <laughs> so happy, and I have to play them on my show. So, <laughs> so it would be nice if someday we could come out with a benefit compilation for KUCI that does feature you.
1: I love that. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that, too, because I noticed over the years, it's almost like I can track some of the evolution of my work by what was happening live at the station at that time, because, I mean, I was probably 16, 17 years old when I first started coming on community stations up in the Northwest, and then, you know, and then as we'd tour more, that would be along the West Coast, and then. Other points of the country and then places in Europe and out of the country, but what it what I really find is that the people who you know everybody's volunteering here you know they're doing it because they love music and they love what music can do um, in our lives and in our in our you know in our hearts and minds It's like that how the micro and the macro interact and um you know you're literally projecting these sounds to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and they're getting an alternative to just the, you know, the mainstream kind of mill of this is what, quote-unquote, good quality entertainment is. American Idol. Yeah, whatever (laughs) it is. I mean, when I first heard someone like Mecca Normal on my community radio station, when I heard Strong White Male, Here's a World for You, the rest of us are the ones to lose, and that voice coming out of Gene Smith is this great punk band duo from uh, Vancouver for, who folks don't know and when I heard them on you know being piped down in my little Seattle community radio station I just I, w- I was probably 14 15 years old and my world was just changed like you can that's on radio they said that like something so true and alive and and incendiary and and beautiful and scary all at the same time I I even knew I was like wow oh, I want to do that you know <laughs> I want to be a part of that. And you can be a part of it now. Call, pledge, KUCI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Nine, numbers, oh, okay. No, okay. No, go
2: ahead. Oh, numbers 949 824 That's UCI, KUCI, the 949 area code, and you can become part of a, of our station and become a member.
0: Yes, because this is definitely your station, it's not just us here. We we do this for you guys.
2: And what's awesome about the um, programming here at KUCI is if nothing really fits your what you like, you can take a training class, and you can, can become part of it. And so, it's a very active station in that regard. Um, a lot of stations, even public ones, um, they wouldn't have my show on for sure. I think. Probably I, not I mine. Yeah, I know I would weird out the KCRW crowd. So, anyways, nine four nine eight two four five eight two four, is the number.
0: Yeah, we bring a lot of events to to the community here, especially um, a county that's. As boring as orange. <laughs> so, well, one well,
2: we're a little bit of color in Beigeville. That's kind of the way I look okay. at it.
0: <laughs> but um, one event that I want to promote, because it's very important, it's the first official KUCI benefit show that we've ever had. We've been a station for um, since 1969, and there has never been a KUCI benefit show before. So we're kind of lazy here at KUCI. And, but... Um, I guess I could say that I pretty much put the whole thing together. I don't really want to say that, but it's true. <laughs> oh,
1: give yourself some credit. Yeah, <laughs> Go ahead right. and say it.
0: So if you can make it out, it'll be great to see you guys at the show. It's um, next Sunday, May 13th at 8 p.m. Um, Joy Shannon will start off the night. Joy Shannon and Beauty Marks, Squab, Blow Up Blow, and Matt Death and the New Intellectuals are going to be the bands. And Matt
2: Death was part of an old band called Havelina Rail Company. And his real name is Matt Wignall, and he does a lot of photography for Albums and stuff. So one being one being My Brightest Diamond's new remix CD. He did the photography for that. He's done photography for his own bands, um, Beast Vivies and his wife's band, uh, The Halo Friendlies. He's done photography for them. There's countless albums that he's done the photography for. So anyways, so anyways, uh, come out to that May 13th at Detroit Bar. Um, I'm going to be having one of the bookers at Detroit Bar, um, Chris, on my show. Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. Um, this is Tuesday, 1 until 4. But at the present time, please call in, 949-824-5824. We'd like your support in uh, the donation realm as well. So.
0: And also tomorrow night in L.A., you can catch Bonfire Madigan at the Bordello. And I've, I've never been at the venue before. It, I heard it's it's sort of supposed to be like a uh, a brothel or something. it.
1: It, it's supposed to look like one? Well, <laughs> No, I guess the story is that it really was a brothel, oh, okay. like in the, I don't know, late 1800s or something. And then I guess it's been a lot of things since then. It's right in that area near Little Tokyo, downtown L.A., on the First Street or something. And which is cool for me, because when I first started playing in L.A., actually, we'd play at, um, Tattletale would play at Impala Club, um, which at the time was owned by B.B. Hansen and her partner. So Beck would be there a lot. That's Beck's mom like uh, showing up and and so that area for me always was sort of where different off the cuff kind of cool music could happen and I heard before that in the eighties it was um you know a punk club that Red Cross and all those kind of X and stuff would play at, so that area has has really cool roots, and I guess it's been recently refurbished, and um they're trying to you know bring back some of that bordello brothel um decor, but I guess it's really beautiful, and they you know they really have made it an event, and Bon Madigan is certainly going to make it an event. The first band is called H.T. Heartache, and they're opening the show at 9, and we're supposed to be on stage at 10. I also heard they have great dinner there if people want to come, have a dinner and a show, and uh, get our sort of 21st century bordello on. It's a 21 and up show, right? I believe it is, yeah.
0: And you are going to give pair tickets away. That's right, yeah. Folks want to call in? 949 um, 824 Please call in. You, you get, get tickets, a tickets to see See us tomorrow. So, Steve, <laughs> if you're listening, you could uh, call in and make a donation as well, even though you are a part of the station already. Um, okay, any, anything else to add right now? Uh, we should probably take another break. Do you yeah. have any more music to share?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, well, since we were talking about them, I thought I'd, I'd play a tune by Normal, one of my favorite ones um, off their Matador release called Who Shot Elvis?
0: And you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Smoke signals from the burn pile. DJ Cynthia here with Craig. I don't think I introduced you.
2: No, but I think people know my voice. I've been on the air for two years.
0: Okay, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident, um, Tuesdays, 1 to 4 p.m. That's a great show title as well.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a double-meaning thing, too. Remember how Madigan was telling you how she thought why you picked it? I picked it because Rachel Ray's kind of a spaz, and I just kind of watched her on Food Network, and I thought she was funny. (laughs) <laughs> and and then, like, I found, I figured out I was listening to the Minutemen, and then they ha- I was listening to a song called Political Song for Michael Jackson to sing, and then I realized that my favorite era of music is all post-punk, and they have these, like, little celebrity spoofs on their titles of their songs. And so I was like, oh, I guess it reveals a part of my personality that I, like, post-punk a lot from the 80s. So that anyways, it's, it's kind of a double meaning that I learned about, like, a year and a half later after I named my show that.
1: What is it again,
2: the title? The title is Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. <laughs> and and before she went on Oprah and had the Oprah effect, I used to have to explain that to everybody. Okay. And then uh, a local junior college that we do some um, booths for Orange Coast College also has a uh, cooking school. Mm-hmm. And so like I would see people in chef's you know gear laughing at my title because they all knew who Rachel Ray was because they watched Food Network. But like 80% of the people I had to explain to who she was then Oprah magically waves her wand, and she's oh, a major yeah. star. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um, now that I've been spending more time in New York in that area, she's sort of infamy out there. So.
2: Infamy in the good way or the bad way?
1: Oh, I think in all ways, because uh, now she's, you know, she's the new cute Rosie or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but she's kind of like if I once in a while I'll catch her show on the on the free channels, I guess it's her talk show, and when she gets outside of the kitchen, she still seems like she's a little awkward around guests and stuff. And yeah. So that's kind of a, a humbling quality, I guess. I don't yeah. know. So, anyways. Um, so what did we hear from your computer?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, this is Madigan from Bonfire Madigan. I've been guest DJing here on Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile. What an honor. Um, I played a track by Mechanormal called Who Shot Elvis? Um, then I played a piece by Moondog one of from his rare material releases. Uh, next you heard Signifying Wolf by Bonnie Prince Billy featuring Don McCarthy from Fawn Fables off of his last record. And then we ended with a request from uh, my last full-length studio album, which Kill Rockstars put out, um, called Seven Mile Lane. And now we're back. And will you be reissuing those CDs? Like, yeah. I think Scott wants to know. Yeah, Craig was talking. Yes, that's definitely <laughs> in the works. Lots of remastering, re-releasing. Yeah, that's definitely in the works. I can't give any definitive timeline for it, but um, yeah, that's going to be an exciting next journey. As soon as this record comes out, and I still have one new unreleased single I want to play before the show is up from the new album, a cut that you can also hear live tomorrow at Bordello. Uh, doors at 9. And uh, for folks that don't know, Bordello is in downtown L.A. It's um, 901 East 1st Street in is, downtown L.A.
2: Is that in the Broadway district where all the old theaters are at?
1: I guess I heard it was closer to the Little Tokyo part of downtown. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, East 1st off of, uh, oh, I don't even know how to say that street. Vignes Street or something. I'm probably saying it totally wrong. Not a Los Angelonian here.
2: <laughs> um, well, one question I had about the reissuing process. Uh, since you are going to probably add tracks to the CDs as bonus tracks, um, are you looking forward to kind of looking at the career retrospective as far as going, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember doing that. And...
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of what Cynthia was talking about. Like when I hear some of these old um, station compilations, you know, and then I hear stuff that I did that's so different, so sparse or so... Um, pure, that captured moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've just had so many different experiences, you know, stuff that was done on, on tapes, you know, two-inch analog, stuff that's done on ADAT, stuff that was, you know, just how the format has changed and, um, and also the time that I was in my life. It really, you're right, it's really like kind of listening back to myself growing up um, in all ways, but especially as, you know, as a composer and a performer. And I, I think I'm really, I'm really excited about this next phase of being a recording artist. I mean, I'm somebody who's, I've always felt more comfortable as a performing artist. And I think it's really just these last few years that I'm, st- I'm, I'm hungry and challenged and excited about that medium of making uh, the art of recording and making the studio, a, 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 you know, a canvas. So I think that's, um,
3: that's the direction I'm doing. It really is a whole art in itself, recording, I mean, versus performing. It's it's like a whole different set of skills. So, yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, and you can check out Eliana, who is playing violin with Bonfair and Tamara Bordello, Um, is also an amazing composer, and you can hear some of her um,
3: compositions on her MySpace page. Yeah, my my MySpace page is (laughs) myspace.com slash Eliana Fiori. And I'm also a pianist. Piano is my first instrument, but I'm lucky enough to be collaborating with Madigan um, on violin, so that's been such a pleasure so far.
2: I've never seen you guys live. Uh, one of my favorite performers who's gotten big over the last two years is Andrew Bird. And mm. um, do you guys use pedals and loops like he does uh, to yeah. pull out the live sound? Or
1: I've been doing a lot more of that. That's that's funny you should ask because yeah, definitely. And Andrew's somebody I've been crossing paths with a bunch, so it's been fun. I I go and check him out when I can, so I'm I'm always watching a little <laughs> bit how he's using the new technology. To, but yeah, that's something. Just really, the last two years I've been incorporating more live looping as a regular part, and um, to me, it's just really fun to flesh out the the songs. And I mean, it's really challenging because yeah. you're you're it's you know you're live looping and once that 's in there that 's in there yeah that 's what you 're going to play off and i i don 't like to program and pre record stuff unless it is just like a percussion part or a pad or something that we 're playing off yeah but yeah that's that 's kind of you nailed it that 's the next big and it 's exciting though because um you know having Eliana then. You know, we're adding all this live stuff, and then I love playing with upright bass, and we I haven't had upright bass in a little while since the last recording session, so I've actually been looping in some of the the bass parts on the cello, and that's, you know, it's such a versatile instrument, so the looping has been a great kind of next traction. I, actually,
2: we had uh, Vagabond Opera in studio recently, and, mm. and they, they're kind of... They're kind of a jazz band from an earlier era, kind of a little like scrollnut Zipperish, and I was amazed about the diversity of things he could do on his cello.
1: Yeah, So absolutely.
0: Speaking of cello, um, I had Refrigerator Mothers on. I don't know if you're familiar with um, the Hot Frog Collective. No, uh, of experimental no. musicians. Um, well, I had them on, and there's a cello player, and... She she when they were setting up, she said something. I was in here and it was the door was closed, so I heard this second half from Craig here. But um, she said, "I want this a certain way, like Madigan doesn't." And I, when I heard that, I like, thought, what? <laughs> "What was it exactly, Craig?" Well, she was
2: setting up and Steve was placing the microphone somewhere, and then I forgot what she said, but she did reference you, and I was just like, "Wow, it's a small world." <laughs> so. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're all having an effect. That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, oh, and to remind you, it is Pledge Drive time, and our phone people look like they need to answer some calls, so I'm going to just say 949-824-5824 to support independent radio. Um, You're lucky. You live in Irvine, and you get to have this station. Think if you were listening in the middle of Nebraska, and you got to hear Candon Country Music by Faith Hill (laughs) (laughs) 24-7. So just remember that, 949-824-5824. Actually, that was a conversation I had with somebody from Tortoise. He lived in South Carolina, and he just got really bad commercial music. And so when he, I think he, when he moved to the city, he was just, like, blown away by what was out there.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of like once you're exposed to this whole world. You know, we're living in a great time, too, though. I mean, you know, the Internet could sort of like a celestial jukebox, and you can, you know, you can listen online. You can do this. I mean, I take my favorite community stations with me wherever I'm traveling, and I'll – you know I have them and I reference them you know make KUCI a part of where you know you can stream and listen to it anywhere and um, that's more reasons to support because it's you know it can be there with you and you're traveling life? Or
2: <laughs> it's been a part of mine. I got homesick in Sweden once, and so I just started listening to KUCI on the... I didn't feel guilty because I thought, well, I'm kind of missing out on a cultural experience, but then I had Grin Stefani on their terrestrial radio stations, so I didn't <laughs> really feel that bad after that. Right. But anyways, nine four nine eight two four five eight two four 824 5824 is a number to help support KECI and smoke signals from the burn pile.
0: And this might be the last time you could pledge... On my show, because I don't think I'll be here next year uh, when the fun drive comes around again.
2: It's an exciting thing that you might not be here. Oh, though. yeah, but... It's not depressing.
0: It's both. Tell it's us both. why. Oh, I want to move on. I want to get out of o- the OC. <laughs> I want to go to grad school, so... Yeah. Nice. Grad school's I've exciting. Been, I've been holding it off now for... It's going to be two years, so... I've I, I pretty much finished, and I was just sitting here with KUCI and with um, right. experimenting and such, so... If, if you have been listening to my show over the three years that I've been here at KUCI and you want to express that with uh, money, then you can do that at 9 for 9, 824 8 Right, and
1: you could also get some free tickets to see us tomorrow night if um, people are interested in that. We still have a pair of tickets to the show at Bordello, Bonfire Madigan, with HT Heartache opening at 9. Um, yeah, so call in calling you get something free give something back see a great show (laughs) Um,
0: Keith actually wrote again (laughs) (laughs) this is something I can actually say over the air though Um, I'm going to read I'm going to read the exact quote you can tell Madigan that I saw Tattletail play once and during their set this girl was screaming at the top of her lungs like blood curdling screams I think it was all part of the act awesome stuff (laughs) where was this yeah right on
1: Wow. Keith, where was this? That's super. <laughs> I don't know if you, okay. I wonder if it was in the old Coos <clears throat> days as well or
0: something. Yeah, maybe. Did you guys play um, the Coos when as, T- as Tattletail? Very
1: likely. I, You know, I, I'm not completely positive, but that would make sense. He said it was at like Claremont College. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and you know what? I think that was with the mountain goats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Bizarre, right? Yeah. yeah. I do remember that night in Claremont, yes.
2: He's writing in Pomona, exactly, Mountain Goats.
1: Wow, okay, <laughs> hey, good memories. Very cool. That's
0: funny. Okay, looks like we have 15 minutes left. Um, you did want to play one, one new song, right?
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, Craig, you're inspiring me. To, there's a Swedish band that I actually came across on of my travels, and I really love them. And um, the woman who heads this band gave me an advance copy of one of their new tunes. Oh, cool. It's a it's a band called The Tiny. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of
2: them? No, I haven't.
1: I would love to play well, one of their new songs. Cool. Um, and also, yeah, I have unreleased new Bonfire Madigan we want to drop before the hour is up. Um, and I really hope to see a bunch of you at the show tomorrow. I know I keep saying it, but it's been a while since mad has been back in L.A., and uh, I'm nervous and excited to be headlining... Uh, this show on a Monday night, so um, I hope you all come out and support, it would mean a lot to the both of yes, us. Yes,
3: please come, it'll be a great show, it'll be a lot of fun. And what website, websites could people check out?
1: Uh, we well, can go to bonfiremadigan.com, um, also it's it's uh, promoted by The Fold, and um, I think, you know, Fold does a lot of promotions, I can't remember what his site is now though. Something Silver Lake, yeah. something or other. Yeah. Uh oh, that's not very useful, is it? <laughs> Google it. Google it if you need to. Yeah, Google the fold. There you go. <laughs> um, and
0: you also have uh, one album, "I Bleed," a decade of song, available on your MySpace. That's right, or on your website.
1: Yeah, and this is actually—it's a I call it an intro retrospective collection—and it's sort of the holding album. It's a limited edition. Comes in a in a handmade um, fabric sleeve and a change purse of sorts. And that you can get that from com. It's called I Bleed, A Decade of Songs. And it has a bunch of stuff. You know, some of my songs have been used in films and things like this. And some of these films people love, but they didn't have soundtracks. So then people end up spending all this money on eBay and stuff. And that doesn't help me or the artists at all. So um, this has been a great way. And people really um, are into it. And I think it's a beautiful little work of art. 15 songs for 15 bucks. Um, you can get it directly from bonfiremadigan.com, and that completely directly supports me and my work. And um, soon there will be a bunch more music, too. So that's sort of the the, the back catalog being held in that collection in, in the immediate.
0: Okay, well, we should get on with the music. Since we only have 14 minutes left. Would that be enough time for sure. whatever you want to play?
1: Yeah, and play just a couple tunes. I'm going to play this piece by The Tiny, a Swedish band that I think is great. They're a trio. We're going to be playing tomorrow at the Bordello as a trio, so I think this is uh, appropriate. This is called Dirty Frames by The Tiny. Do you want to do the ID again? Oh, yes, this is Madigan from Bonfire Madigan and (laughs) Eliana from Bonfire Madigan. And you're listening to Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. California.
3: That song, um, <laughs> that, that song in particular is a real blast to play. It's like a pure, just like rock song, dance rock song. And it's a real, uh, just like a great release of energy. So I, I, I particularly love playing that song. So come out and see it tomorrow night at the Bordello.
1: Yeah, that's Eliana talking now? about the track we just heard, Dancing Solo with Isadora's favorite scarf on the forthcoming... New Bonfire Madigan Studio LP. Release date to be announced. Keep listening to KUCI. You'll find out when. And what did we
0: hear before that?
1: Oh, we heard a track from The Tiny. We were talking about Sweden a bit, and they're one of my current favorite Swedish bands, The Tiny. That was, a, I believe, an unreleased track called Dirty Frames. We have seven minutes left.
0: Do um, you want to end... Uh, is there something you really want to comment about (laughs) it's open to you now
1: the floor is opened (laughs) i think we covered a lot of ground i just really want to thank you cynthia and craig and everybody at kuci encourage everybody to pledge and uh, what a kick it is for me to be on a program that's named after one of my tunes and um it's it's just really an honor thank you you know that's you were talking about how people listen to this show and throw parties and, um, you know, because that's, we support each other that way and so when something means something to us to reflect it back and give it out, that's really powerful and I just want to thank you because it, it makes me excited to keep writing more songs and keep keep challenging myself and keep letting my creativity go and to share it with the community and and to have it come back like this and get to be a guest. And Cynthia brought great fresh fruit and snacks for us here at the station. Mm. <laughs> and we're grateful. This, is, this place is full of, um, yeah, tons of good folks and uh, good energy. So support it. And come support us tomorrow night at Bordello. That would, um, that would be a great next L.A. kickoff. This is actually, I think this is my first gig in L.A. of 2007. So come be a part of that event.
0: When do you think you'll be coming back to L.A.? You're planning a tour, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the fall, I think, is going to be uh, when, you know, stuff, more of the, these release dates and all this stuff is going to be known. So, um, yeah, keep a lookout for the fall because I think that's uh, when we'll be launching. You know, and I've I've been having all this wild stuff happen. Like, I just opened for the good, the bad, and the queen in San Francisco, um, which was such a thrill, you know, and so I'm getting kind of more opportunities like that just bands kind of asking me to come support and do stuff like that. So who knows, I could I could show up. So keep an eye on bonfiremadigan.com because some of these gigs are just um being volleyed at us and I'm not I'm not sure when it's going to happen. <laughs> and I'll keep up and announce
0: on the show. Yeah. So tune in to Smoke Signals whenever you can. Yes. And um, please donate at 949 824 5824 9, It's 949 9, UCI KUCI and there's also uh, benefit show next week at the Detroit Barn, Costa Mesa. It's a uh, 21 and up show, four bands. It's going to be an amazing night. Help support KUCI and have fun while you're doing it.
1: Should we end the show with smoke signals from the burn pile? Do you do that all the time? No, I don't. But That would be a good way to see. go. But, yeah. That's, let's <laughs> Eliana, yeah. is that what we have to do? I think we should. Okay. Well, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night at Bordello. Thank, thank you for having us.